Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft News Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the Draft News Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we're going to dig into some different things today, some different show structure is going to be behind uh, what you hear from us today and moving forward. Excited to, uh, to get into that. Kyle, welcome to the show. Joe, happy Monday. Uh, new segments coming up on deck, which we're really excited about. We think it's going to really uh, keep this thing moving quick, which uh, is going to be hard for us, right? You know, put the opinions <laughs> yeah. aside and move on with our lives and, and get the takes out and give the people more takes in each episode of The Dudes, which is kind of the, the goal here. So excited to see how this goes as we kind of break our own, uh, you know, with some self-scouting. And uh, breaking some tendencies here. Yeah, so moving forward, our shows will basically be three segments. Each day of the week will feature different segments, which we've kind of mapped out, but it's fluid. You know, we're going to see what works. We're going to, you know, we're going to rely on a lot of feedback from you guys, the listeners, so be sure to give that to us. I'm on Twitter at the Joe Marino. Kyle is on Twitter at Grinding the Tape. So we'd love to hear from you as we build this new model moving forward that, like Kyle said, we think will be uh, more of a, a succinct version of the podcast that's going to streamline our focus and allow us to actually get more information out to you in a shorter amount of time. So very excited about the, uh, the potential here. So let's get into it, Kyle. Let's start off with uh, some NFL news. We've had a busy weekend, a lot of things going on with training camp in full swing. And to me, when I think about the news over the weekend, I go to these offensive tackles. We saw three of them get big extensions. Uh, first off, Taylor Luan with the Tennessee Titans, five years, $80 million, $50 million guaranteed. He's 27 years old, and he just achieved the richest contract in NFL history for an offensive lineman. Also, uh, the same day, Jordan Matthews, or excuse me, Jake Matthews 
with the Atlanta Falcons, signed five years, $75 million. He's 26 years old, and so he uh, signs a similar deal to Luan, but uh, for $5 million less in, in overall money. And then, of course, the uh, 33-year-old veteran, Dwayne Brown, with the Seattle Seahawks, he gets a three-year, $36.5 million contract. That makes him the 10th highest-paid offensive tackle in football. Uh, and it's interesting because he held out with Houston trying to get this deal, and so he shows up to work with Seattle, and Seattle finally ties some resources into their offensive line and secures him as their left tackle for the next three years. I think all three deals were really important to the respective teams, but obviously for Atlanta and Tennessee to be able to keep their own guys that they took in the first round, uh, building blocks of their offensive lines, and then you know for Seattle – to get what I think is a pretty fair deal for Dwayne Brown. He's getting a little bit older, and uh, you know he paid like a top. He's paid as the 10th highest paid tackle in the game, which I think is fair. I think that's fair for his skill set and where he is at this point in his career. So I don't have any beef with these moves, uh, but uh, certainly good for, for these guys to get this done, not let, not to let it be a distraction throughout the course of the season. Yeah, as the kids are seeing these days, these guys have hashtag secured the bag. They got the cash. One? Yeah, it's it's the, the, the bag of money. Yeah, they, I didn't they, hear, I, yeah, they have secured the bag, and it's it's cool because you know uh, both Lawan and Jake Matthews were a part of the first draft class that that I started. You know when I, I was starting my scouting career, and uh, Jake Matthews for me was a, a top five player. And, and uh, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, to this day is still the highest grade that I've given out to an offensive lineman. Uh, Quentin Nelson, I think, actually tied him. So Jake Matthews and Quentin Nelson are my top interior and offensive tackle uh, grades that I've given out over the course of the past five years. And and Taylor Lewan was a guy I also had, I think, in my top 25 overall prospects. So uh, cool to see the, the process and, and, you know, They've taken different pathways, and Jake struggled a little bit more early on in his career, and both these guys developing into really strong football players. And um, it's fun. It's all part of the the maturation of them as players and the maturation of, of us as scouts and seeing these players kind of grow. But, Joe, there was a player from the 2014 NFL draft class who was in the news this weekend, and I'm pissed because Jason Verrett went down again. Achilles injury this time. Holy cow. Verrett, to this day, is one of the most explosive and dynamic athletes that I've seen in the open field in my time scouting college football. It, the, the change of direction, the footwork, the click and close ability, it was tremendous. And such a spectacular athlete has had all of that athleticism and, and all of that upside robbed by just a body's unwillingness to participate in the game of football, really. He was hurting the conditioning test he hurt his Achilles. That, I mean, that's crushing. So you have to think this is the end for Jason Verrett. If he gives it another go, you know, hope that the absolute best for him, hope he stays healthy, but we'll never see what could have been with Jason Verrett. And for that reason, I'm crushed today because he was, he was such a phenomenal watch at cornerback. I think one of my biggest takeaways from studying Jason Verrett was I don't think I've ever seen a cornerback, especially for his size. What is he, 5'10", 180, yeah. 175, something yep. like that? 180. I, I don't recall seeing a quarterback of his stature ever so willing to crowd a receiver's frame. I mean, he, he, he was not afraid to just be square and just be in a 
in, in a receiver's face throughout their stem. And uh, he really was kind of an imposing guy for a small stature. I mean, hell of a football player. It's very unfortunate. An Achilles injury, too. You just – those are tough to bounce back from anybody, especially with the guy with his, uh, with his list at this time. Uh, Kyle, there was another kind of a big one here, Daryl Williams. I know one of your guys, man. That was uh, – you were pretty pretty high on him compared to the rest of people coming out. And uh, he's really blossomed, especially last year as a right tackle for the Carolina Panthers. And now it comes out that he's uh, torn his MCL and a his patella tendon, so his kneecap. Uh, um, and so um, – or dislocated, excuse me, not torn, uh, the, the kneecap. So um, – this is a big deal. Daryl Williams is in the contract season, and you, you'd have to think that you know if he just continued the, the course that he was on, had a good year, he was going to get a big contract. And so now he's in this dilemma on a Panthers offensive line that really needed him to be an anchor along with Trey Turner, given some of the question marks from the other three spots. You know, him and him and Turner on the right side were really important. And uh, you know now he's got to figure out what's going to happen here, right? Like this is the same type of thing that Trent Williams went through last year. He tried to he tried to tough it out, and he really had a down year. And so now Daryl Williams' contract is you try to tough it out, maybe have a down year, or is his best opportunity here to kind of shut it down, get right, and, and hope he gets paid somewhere. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with him, but it certainly creates a dilemma here for a guy that was a, a rising star and a guy primed for a big payday. Yeah, the uh, the Carolina offense in general. Depth is concerning, and uh, the offensive tackle position uh, with Matt Khalil and Darrell Williams, you know, obviously his status up in the air with what he ultimately decides to do. Uh, Taylor Moton, who was the second-round pick from 2017, uh, is now probably going to be the first guy up. But uh, the other offensive tackles, it, it better be Taylor Moton, and Taylor Moton better come in and do a really nice job because if he doesn't, uh, we're in trouble here in Carolina. Uh, as far as pass protection and, and keeping Cam clean. and uh, Carolina's kind of a, a wild card team as far as, you know, one injury could really get this whole thing off the rails. And for Carolina fans, you have to hope that that's not the case with Darrell Williams, but uh, that, that kind of remains to be seen, Joe. Yeah, and the thing about Moton, I like him as a tackle, but I really get excited about him as a guard, and I thought he had a chance to get that left guard job you know, left by uh, Andrew Orwell, who signed with the, you know, the big deal with the Jaguars. And now he's kind of forced to get back outside at right tackle. And so time for him to stand and deliver, right? This is why you take a guy in the second round and uh, uh, we'll see how he fills in. And we'll also see what happens with Williams because this could be a six to eight week thing or it could be a season. You know, we'll we'll have to see how, how his, uh, how he progresses. So Joe, I have one more piece of, of news, non-football related for you. Uh, We're recording this on Sunday night. You went out for wings to celebrate, uh, what is it, National Wing Day? Yes. Um, yes I, I did not quite have wings. I uh, I had crabs yesterday. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess my, my thought process here that I just wanted to kind of put out in a social space is if you're eating crabs, have you ever really stopped to think about what that process actually involves? You have this whole critter that you boil alive, proceed to take its entire body, pull it limb from limb, and tear it to shreds to meet the meat on the inside. Have you ever thought about it? Yeah, I mean, look, you think about a lot of things like that, right? I mean, like, who was the guy that looked at a a cow's hoof and said, we're going to make jello? You know, 
Like it's this, it's wild to me. Who was the first one that said, you know, let's take this freaking little alien looking creature and crack open its leg and eat the meat. Like somebody had to do that for the first time. Yeah. So it is a wild process, but man, crab meat's good, dude. Crab meat's delicious. But I, I was sitting there <laughs> looking these little guys dead in the eyes. I'm pulling their legs off and I'm like, wow, sorry, little guy. Like, did you feel like it was your family? Was that kind of the... Oh, Lord. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the recurring segments that we're going to be introducing with this overhauled uh, draft dudes formatting is surprise standouts. Uh, th- this is going to be really nice because at, this could be in season. This could be out of season. This could be during the scouting season. This could be in the summer, as we are right now. Uh, we're always grinding the tape, as the Twitter handle says, Joe. Always grinding the tape. So as we're always watching film, we're always going to have the opportunity to find a guy that kind of flashes to us, that grabs our attention when we aren't expecting something. And uh, as we are working through our preparations for the launch of the Draft Network one week from today, uh, we have been working through our respective conferences that have been assigned to us, trying to accumulate lists of the five best draft-eligible players at each position in the conference. So that involves familiarizing ourselves with a lot of players that we aren't necessarily familiar with, familiarizing ourselves with a lot of players that might not even be draftable players, but we have to work through the entire conference for the sake of being thorough and delivering the kind of product that we want to with the draft network. So uh, in doing so, we've found a lot of fresh faces, and what we're going to do today is we're going to introduce you, our listeners, to those names that really stood out to us over the course of the past week or so as we've been conducting our film studies. Joe, the floor is yours. I would love to know who your surprise standout is on this Monday episode of The Dudes. Yes, so uh, mine's going to be a wide receiver. And again, my conference is the ACC. So, you know, obviously, Amon Richards, Calvin Harmon, Jalen Smith, those were easy to identify as top five guys in the conference. But then kind of filtering through the other names, you know, I wasn't necessarily sure who those guys were going to be. And then I stumbled across North Carolina wide receiver Anthony Ratliff-Williams. And uh, he really caught my eye as a guy that I wasn't overly familiar with going into the watch. But then by the end of it, I was really excited. He's on my list in my top five. Let me tell you about this guy. He's uh, he's 6'1", 200. He uh, was recruited as a, as a quarterback, actually a pretty good high school quarterback, recruited uh, to North Carolina to play quarterback, and then they flip him over to wide receiver. And um, he just he makes plays in a variety of different ways. He's a really dynamic football player. First of all, he led North Carolina in receiving last year. He uh, averaged 26 yards per kick return and took two to the house. And um, for a guy that's converted quarterback to a receiver returner role, he's – He's really got great vision, right? Like, so that's why he's such a good return man is because he sees the field so cleanly, and he's obviously got the speed necessary to uh, really challenge for, for touchdowns each time we touch the football. But then you watch him as a receiver, and he's got a big-time alpha mentality at the catch point. Like, he, he doesn't look like a guy that's only been playing receiver for a few years. He goes and gets the football, and he creates a lot of separation. It's that same speed that allows him – to create big plays in the return game. It really allows him to get loose in the secondary and win after the catch, get deep, and adjust to the football. I'm, I'm actually very impressed with how natural of a receiver he is at the catch point, given this stage in his development. Um, now, going forward, I want to see him get a little bit more refined as a route runner. Now, that needs to come still, you know, where he, he just 
has a little bit more of a keen understanding of how to use his hands and use his footwork at the release and how to attack leverage and find that space. But for right now, he's really relying on his athletic profile, and he's making a lot of big-time plays in the ACC. So really excited to see him get a little bit more refined in terms of route running, also settle in with the quarterback last year at North Carolina. They were rotating between Brandon Harris and Chaz Surratt. A lot of different faces on that North Carolina offense, as you know, with Mitch Trubisky and all those receivers and all those running backs that have went on to the NFL. Uh, So it was really a new-look North Carolina offense last year. And um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him kind of – this is their new nucleus on offense with him kind of being – one of the focal points of the group and, and what he can do in year two. He's a pretty dynamic football player that I wasn't familiar with, but I am now and I'm looking for big things out of him this season. Yeah, that's a good call. I remember seeing Ratliff uh, Williams kind of pop when I was out of pit for UNC Pitt last year and uh, certainly an exciting athlete. Uh, the guy I want to talk about that really stood out to me, this guy in the trenches. Joe, I was expecting a trench guy for you, you know, knowing you're – your, your love for the big guys up front. And, and I think you'd really love the guy that I'm going to talk about here, which is Iowa defensive end Anthony Nelson. Ooh, Nelly. Okay, so Anthony Nelson is uh, 6'7", 271 pounds. is his listed height, weight measurables. And uh, he has the, the look of a first-off-the-bus kind of guy. He is very large. He carries his weight extremely well so immediately you put on the the Iowa defensive film you see him you kind of your eye just gravitates that way right off the get and as I'm watching him I'm, I'm waiting for a play that's going to raise my eyebrow and and you know it's pretty straightforward it's like okay he's a base end he's pretty stout he, you know he's slapped together really well so he's not getting moved off the line of scrimmage and then I saw him in some third and long pass rushing situations and it really startled me how for a guy who doesn't have great get-off, he, he's able to get off the ball fairly well, but he's not an, a twitchy, explosive rusher like so many people want when you're talking about a high-profile prospect these days. But his ability to diagnose pass sets and understand how he has to attack an offensive tackle to soften an angle. I saw him win against Ohio State and I saw him win against Penn State in four or five different live-action pass rush counters, whether it was a long arm or a rip club or a lift where he grabs that offensive tackle's outside arm and lifts that arm in the air so that he can turn those shoulders and force that tackle to lose leverage. Or it's just a straight bull rush. He untethered against Wisconsin, David Edwards, who in my opinion is firmly planted as the top offensive tackle in the conference eligible for the NFL draft this year. So you're seeing him win with hands. You're seeing him win with IQ. You're seeing him show a little bit of cornering ability. He's not necessarily flexible and bendy. But he can set the edge. He can win on your side of the line of scrimmage. And then he can get enough lateral width that he's going to allow a linebacker behind him to scrape clean. And he's going to get enough width that you're not going to be able to cleanly turn the corner on him if you're running outside. But as he's rushing the passer, I'm seeing some nice lower body tilt. That ability to get those hips out away from over top of your feet as you're trying to rush the outside track. Get that inside hip down and tightly turn the corner off that offensive tackle's outside hip. 
And it just really, really surprised me because as I'm watching him, I'm thinking, okay, base end, he's not going to give you a lot in pass rush situations because athletically he's pretty limited. This is the second best hands pass rusher in the conference behind Nick Bosa. And just a, 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 a Anthony Nelson, defensive end from Iowa. Uh, he, he's number 98. Go check him out because I was blown away once I saw him have the opportunity to actually tee off and go rush the passer, how much he brought to the table. I was, I was really, really surprised. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've, uh, you were really high on him. Like, I know when you love the guy because you just – it's kind of like uh, you can't stop talking about him. And you were just blowing up the, uh, the TDN group chats with, with this guy. So I'm anxious to get eyes on him. I see he had seven and a half sacks last year and sounds like – He's got a lot of potential to have another great season this year. So, Kyle, it's time for our next segment. And you did such a great job introducing this one. I kind of want to let you do it again here for the summer fling. Oh, dear. Okay, so uh, it's summertime, right? Everybody falls in love in the summer. It's something about, you know, being outside and the weather and everything's carefree and the kids are out of school, so they get to go to the beach and have a romance. Well, us, us football scouts, we have our own romances and, Joe, you really set me up on a tee here, so I'm trying to knock this thing out of the park and actually have some <laughs> flair to my introduction to the segment here. Uh, so we have been, as we've said, hashtag grinding the tape, just like the Twitter handle, wink, wink. And we have been looking through all of these football players and kind of a parallel between a surprise standout, especially with what I just did with Anthony Nelson. So I'll make sure when we get around to defensive ends with this segment somewhere down the road in the next couple of days, I'll try not to talk about Anthony Nelson so you guys don't have to hear the exact same segment all over again. But we have kind of put the stamp on a couple of these football players and said this is one of my guys entering the season. And uh, what we're going to do over the course of the next two weeks is we're going to look at offensive and defensive prospects. We're going to announce a guy, Joe I'm anticipating our guy, your guys are going to be primarily from the ACC. My guys are primarily going to be from the Big Ten, which is my assigned conference from the Draft Network. And we're going to let everybody know who we've put that stamp on to say, this is my guy entering the 2018 season. I love this guy's film. So we're doing quarterbacks today. And uh, like Kyle said, I have the ACC. And so there's not a whole lot to choose from in terms of the quarterback I'm familiar with at this point in the process. Um, so I'm very excited. I'll be done with all my ACC work on Monday, so I'll be really kind of digging into the rest of the country starting on, on Tuesday. So as it stands right now, the quarterback that I love in the ACC is Ryan Finley from North Carolina State. Um, he's, he's been granted a six-year of eligibility, and so he's coming back as NC State's quarterback, after a really good season, he completed 65% of his passes for over 3,500 yards. And uh, the same core of receivers that he enjoyed throwing the football to last year, Stephen Lewis, Calvin Harmon, and Jacoby Myers, all three of those dudes are back. Now, he does lose Jalen Samuels and Naheem Hines, but uh, they've got some young guys at both tight end and running back that I think will be able to step in and fill in nicely. So um, he's got a supporting cast, right? So I, I really feel like that really – allows you to have high expectations for him because everything should be pretty similar for him and just being more comfortable, showing a mastery of the offense. So when you watch Finley on tape, you're not going to be blown away by his physical traits. You know, he's not necessarily a big rocket arm passer or, or super athletic or anything like that, but what he is is the kind of guy that can keep an offense on schedule. 
and uh, he's he's fairly accurate with the football, and he reads defenses pretty well. He kind of understands where they're going to be soft and knows where to attack them. But probably my favorite thing about Finley is just how successful he is challenging defenses and the intermediate to, to the deeper portions of the field and doesn't put his team in harm's way. Like, he's willing to, to air it out a little bit, but he doesn't make bad decisions or forced throws. You can tell. I mean, I think he's gotten a streak of uh, – of, Gosh, what is the numbers here? He says 81, 881 attempts at North Carolina State, and he's thrown 14 interceptions. He's thrown, he had a streak of 339 throws without a pick. And that doesn't mean he doesn't take chances. He's just smart with the football. And so I love that balance between keeping an offense on schedule but taking smart chances with the football. He's pretty accurate. Like I said, the physical traits aren't going to wow you, but if you're looking for a cerebral guy that uh, has an NFL skill set, not necessarily a guy that you're going to pound the table for as a starter, but – you know, kind of a, a guy that could have a long career as a backup spot starter. Uh, and to me right now, he's the best quarterback in the ACC. Now, there's some young guys that can certainly make a case for that uh, throughout the course of the season. But as it stands, he's the best quarterback I watch in this conference. Folks, gather round and let me tell you the tale of Michigan State quarterback Brian Lewerke. Lewerke is the real deal. He was a first-year starter last year for the Spartans, uh, completed just under 60% of his passes, 2,800 yards, and a 20-to-7 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Throwing, by and large, to an underwhelming group of receivers, you're going to look at the game logs for Brian Lewerke, and there's going to be a couple of bugaboos, and I'm going to give you some context here. Uh, Ohio State. 18 to 36 for 131 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, Ohio State boat raced the Spartans here. Spartans had some some ball security issues early in the game. I think Ohio State scored every time they touched the ball in the first four or five possessions of the game. It was a knockout. Ohio State won 48 to three. I don't care who your offensive line is. If you get behind big and early to Ohio State. They are going to tee off on you, and that's exactly what they did to Lewerke. Lewerke against Michigan, 11 of 22 for only 94 yards and a touchdown in a 14 to 10 victory over Michigan. A couple pieces of context here. Michigan has the best secondary in the Big Ten. It's not even close coming into the 2018 season. They're bringing back all four starters. Lavert Hill is the real deal. And David Long is a pretty damn good corner on the other side as well. These Michigan State wide receivers could not get jack squat done. Could not separate. And the second half of that game was a monsoon. But Lewerke lit up Penn State. 400 passing yards against Penn State in a 27-24 upset win. Uh, he was clutch down the stretch against Northwestern. A game that they lost in triple overtime 39-31. But Lewerke threw for a Michigan State record 445 passing yards and four touchdowns, including they had two possessions in the fourth quarter, and I think he threw three incomplete balls, and he, in a man of, span of three minutes, took that team down the field on nine of ten passing with the incomplete pass being a throwaway to tie the football game in two-minute drill football. So there's a lot to really, really like he shows NFL caliber thought processing. He understands timing. He throws with timing. He throws with anticipation. He's got a really good arm. He's a great athlete. The guy ran for 559 yards last year 
as a rusher and 124 carries, so he's athletic. He's 6'3", 214, so he's got NFL quarterback size, and I think this team is bringing back 10 starters on the offensive side of the football. He's going to have every opportunity in the world to take that next step as a football player. I hope the coaching staff there lets him sling the ball around a little bit more because he's got the talent to prove that this could be one of those missing links as we're looking for top quarterback prospects in the 2019 NFL draft. Now, uh, Kyle told us about Mitch Trubisky before it was cool. He told us about Baker Mayfield before it was cool. Is this the next guy, three years in a row, where you kind of unpack a guy that winds up being a first-round pick before anyone else is talking about it? I'll be anxious to find out. Yeah, he, he looks the part. And like I said, 10 starters back on offense for Michigan State. And, and their schedule lines up favorably too, Joe. You look through their, their schedule. They've got Michigan and Ohio State at home this year. And the only other real challenging game on the schedule is at Penn State on October 13th with Penn State coming off of a bye. Mm. They've got Michigan at home the next week, and then they've got Purdue and Maryland before Ohio State comes to town on November 10th. But other than that, this schedule lies very favorably. The out-of-conference is not super challenging with Utah State and Arizona State and Central Michigan. So Brian Allen's the only non-returning starter to this Michigan State Spartans offense. Yes. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty rare. Yeah, they're... Good for them. They have five of their top six receivers from last year are coming back. Well, that could be a surprise team there. Yeah, they're going to be a really, really challenging team because, as you know, the schedule's good. Um... The, if the receivers can take the next step, their best receivers, Felton Davis, who had nine touchdowns last year. He's a big, long, wiry guy. He's about uh, 6'3", uh, maybe maybe 200 pounds. Um, he's, um, he's listed at 196. So, you know, if he has a big breakfast, he might break two bills. But uh, <laughs> he, he's had some spectacular catches, but he has had some egregious drops. And none of their guys are super athletes on the outside. So that's, that's going to be the big key. Can Lewerke continue to throw guys open if they can't separate man-to-man, or can those guys get to be better route runners? Well, I'll be anxious to check out Mr. Lewerke because, you know, the talk right now around these quarterbacks this year is what Drew Locke and Jarrett Stidham and, and some Will Greer, Justin Herbert. And, uh, you know, I've not heard really anybody talking about Lewerke, so – I got a lot of work to do on quarterbacks, but uh, I'll definitely include him in that in that study, and I'll let you know what I think, man. I'll tell you what I like Lewerke better than every single name you just mentioned. You've done see now that's one thing that Kyle, people need to know about Kyle. He can't help himself when it comes to quarterbacks. I love quarterbacks. You just dig in all of them. I'm like, I save him for like the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like to have something interesting to watch at the end, right? Yeah, 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 except for, you know, bottom-of-the-barrel safeties and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. so, so I, I've kind of spread those guys out over the course of the last two months, and I actually like Lewerke's film, especially you watch Northwestern, you watch Penn State, you watch um, Notre Dame, you watch Iowa. Those were really strong performances for him, and uh, I think it really showed what he could do really well. The Washington State, the bowl game, 
was a terrific game for him as well. He was uh, only com- only attempted 21 passes, but he averaged over 10 yards per attempt and had three really nice touchdown passes, including a really nice deep pass down the middle on a post route. Uh, so definitely check out that Washington State game as well. Joe, any parting thoughts for the people as we sign off on today's episode of the Dudes? Uh, get ready for uh, tomorrow. we got uh, three exciting segments lined up, so uh, make sure that you are subscribed. That's my one request. Yeah, so uh, we're going to cordially invite you. Uh, one of tomorrow's segments is Takes on Takes. So if you guys have any college football, NFL, or 2019 NFL draft takes that you think you'd like to put that flag in the ground and, and announce to the world, let us be your mouthpiece to do so. Let us know. You can reach Joe. He is on Twitter at the Joe Marino. I am on Twitter at Grinding the Tape. We would love to hear your takes and give our takes on your takes. Hence, takes on takes. So that's one thing you guys have to look forward to on tomorrow's show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow along with us. The Draft Network launches just one week away. We cannot wait to bring it to you. Thank you all so much for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.